You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Geekiest Show Ever, episode 62. Joining me this week, as always, is my partner in crime, Kevin Alder. Kevin, how are you going this week? I'm not doing too bad, Mark. It's uh, kind of different with the way we're recording this week. We're actually staring each other down. I know. It, 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 it's shocking. It's uh, and, and, you know, for the listeners who know us, you know that's scary. For the listeners who don't <laughs> know us, trust me when I say we are petrified. We, uh, we're having a good time, though. Oh, God, so, Kevin, yeah. <laughs> Kevin came through my screen. <laughs> you know what? Thank yeah. God the Mac doesn't have 3D yet. Otherwise, we'd be in each other's living room. Oh, God. And, you know, the, all right, here we go. First rat hole. Let's start with it. I have to ask you, what do you think of the idea of 3D televisions? Uh, I don't like it, to be quite honest. I'm... Uh, you know, I've tried the glasses on before at the different retailers that stock the televisions, and I've actually got headaches from them. Plus, mm. I don't like the idea of sitting down on the lounge, putting those glasses on, and then you've got, you know, a relative area that you can only, a viewable area that you've got to stay within. It's hard enough on my 3DS when I've got the 3D <laughs> turned on, and then you've got to stay, you know, within a certain space. And here you are, you're playing this game. And when you're playing games, you generally move around from side to side. If it's a racing yep. game, you're going to turn with the corner. And you do that, and all of a sudden, the, the 3D effect becomes fuzzy and blurry, and it just doesn't work well. Um, now, admittedly, a lot of that's in the software, and some software developers make it really, really good, and some just make it really bad. Um, mm -hmm. It just depends how much work they've put into it. But I think the problem is that you've got a lot of movies that are now being filmed in 3D, and I think those would probably be the ones that would look really great and probably not really give people headaches. But I think the, the problem I've got is maybe where they go back to the drawing board and then they you know, take an old movie like James Cameron just did Titanic again, you know, absolutely epic movie. And, and it's like, oh, do you really want to screw up a good movie like that? You know, Star Wars, George Lucas is doing the same thing. And I, I pretty much say if you take an old movie and add 3D to it, you know, you're just after the money. You're not adding anything to the movie. And I don't feel that they're adding a new experience to the movie. I don't feel it's, you know, it, it, it it's similar when you're talking... DVD versus Blu-ray on a big enough screen on a 40, 50-inch TV. You're going right. to say, hey, you know, if the if the Blu-ray disc is $10 more, you know what? I'm going to get it because I'm going to see so much more detail. But 3D, I don't believe it adds that much detail. You know, I again, probably I'm finally going to have to break down and buy a television, I would say probably within the next year. The television we bought when we got married 23 years ago is finally starting to... Uh, SpongeBob is kind of purple and orange at times. <laughs> and, uh, I think we may have to replace that. And that, that, that might I, just be his evil twin brother, though. <laughs> that's true. You know, we could go into that whole thing about uh, Doodle Bob and all that, but we, we won't <laughs> go there. Um, the, the, the Just the thought of doing 3D, I don't know. It just seems gimmicky i guess and i don't know a lot of people say that but especially the way we watch television whether we're upstairs or down here in, in in the family room watching television we're as you said we're all spread out we're we're across the room i just i don't know it, it takes something away maybe i'm crotchety maybe again here we go the old fart stuff again 
but you know, and, and you can see the gray in my beard this week. <laughs> but the uh, but you know, it just it it to me it takes something away from the movie watching experience. I guess because you and I both, despite the differences, we both grew up watching two D movies, mm-hmm. and and the three D movies I've seen. Admitted, I haven't been to a theater in a long time, and we can talk more about that in a little bit. Um, it it just seemed kind of gimmicky. Yeah. Even then, I mean, even if it was done well, it just seemed like it was 3D for the sake of being 3D, not... I don't see where it adds anything to the story. Now, there are some movies that I've heard people talk about where the 3D gives a depth. It's not something coming out of the screen, but it'll give a little depth to the... Uh, to the video, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. But again, that off-axis stuff and all that crap that you have mm-hmm. to deal with with the current 3D TVs, when I do finally go to buy a new one, um, you know, and finally decide to invest in an HD TV, I'm not going to do it. I just don't see it being worth that extra money because they're god-awful expensive, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and I have, yet to come, I have yet to come across a TV and list, the listeners can write me all they want, the nasty notes they want, I have yet to see a TV that's worth more than 500 bucks, flat out. Yeah. You're not going to convince me any television's worth more than $500. Yeah, they've, they've come down dramatically in price. Uh, you know, when, you know, when we bought our HDTV now, which is probably, I'd say, five or six years old, and, um, you know, it's got the HDMI input, it only goes to 1080i, so it's not the full 1080p, and it's the old CRT, but it, it was a digital CRT. Uh, that right. allows you to go to full ten, not full ten eighty, but ten eighty i, and um, you know that thing was. I think we paid thirteen, fourteen hundred Australian dollars for it at the time, and yeah, that was a, a big investment because LCD TVs at that stage, uh, and we're talking only thirty two inch in size, uh, were around about two thousand dollars. So they they were very, very, very expensive. Today, though, they're so cheap, it's, it's not funny. And, and I totally agree with you. There's so many good entry-level systems now, you know, that, that there's really no need to go much higher. And when you do go much higher, I think all you really get are extra features. Like, okay, do you have Skype capability? You know, yeah, that's kind of cool. But then you've got to have this dongle camera sitting on top of your TV. They haven't even done what the iMac has, which is a built-in camera, or what many laptops have. Having a built-in camera, that'd be cool. But no, you've got to add something else. Uh, you know, some of them have networking capabilities so that you can watch, you know, internet-based TV and catch-up TV. The problem is there, again, some say they're Wi-Fi ready, but what they don't tell you is you've got to spend an extra $100 to buy their Wi-Fi dongle to make it work. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's just so much. And I just want to sit back, relax, and enjoy watching TV. That that's my unwinding time. It, you know, sometimes it's hard enough to think. You know, I'll, I'll get something on on iTunes, for instance, and a, a good example is the movie Westworld that we spoke about last week. I like to make sure that when I'm watching a movie, I've got the sound system set up the right way. There's no use running a stereo uh, feed into a, a 5.1 surround sound. So. The movie Westworld, even though I got the HD version, it was only stereo. So, of course, you know, I'll change the the hi-fi and change it down so that it's only pumping out stereo so that it's not, you know, mixing chaotically. And, uh, you know, that that sort of is as much detail as I want to go into when I'm setting up 
to watch a movie and relax and enjoy it. I don't want to then think, okay, have I got these 3D glasses on? And then if someone wants to sit with me, oh, whoops, I've got to go to the store and spend another $200 on another set of glasses. Yep. It, it just, I don't know, It maybe the, the glasses f- free 3D stuff that Nintendo does, it's pretty cool. It does really work. But again, if the content's not really designed and not really made for it, it's just going to look bad. And, you know, I don't want to yeah, sit through I, a bad movie, you know? Yeah, I, I, I too much enjoy the movie watching experience um, to be stuck with um, having to worry about all those other things. I mean, my in-laws, re- uh, well, not real recently, but like maybe two years ago, got a 37-inch television. And that was an upgrade from the 20-inch CRT they had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tell you the truth, I think uh, given the amount of HD content that's available from my local cable system and all that, and the freaking price of the stuff anyway from the cable system is ridiculous, I don't see me, when I actually go doing it, getting anything much bigger than maybe a 40 or a 42-inch set. And the only reason I'd go that big is because... If it's upstairs in the in the main lounge, as you say, we're only about the room's only what about maybe when you're sitting as far away as you can, you're gonna probably be maybe fifteen or sixteen feet at the most. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, what do you need it any bigger than that for? I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I, I've got the same thing. Our lounge room is like a, a rectangular shape, but the the way that the the powerpoints and then the antenna setup is, it, it sort of dictates that you know you sit much closer to the tv than perhaps you'd like so really we're we're using a 32 inch and there's not much use to go really up higher although i would like a 40 uh but there is and i'll have to try and track it down there is actually some statistics where you can actually measure out the space of the room you've got the distance from the lounge to the the tv um or where the tv would be so you can actually decide and choose uh you know which size would be best and most appropriate for the size lounge room you've got and i i think i did it once before and it came out with a, a 40 roughly a 40 inch screen so we're slightly smaller but at the same time it's not bad to necessarily have smaller if you look at going 40 50 inch and you've still got standard def content so you've still got vhs which a lot of people still do and then you've got dvd yep. well that's that's Content is just going to look more blurry, more out of focus the larger you go. It's only when you start to then kick in on Blu-ray uh, or, or services like iTunes um, through the Apple TV third generation where it's 1080p content. That's when you're going to really notice the difference of those bigger sets. But if you've got you know le- what they term legacy content, uh, I think you're better off sticking around 32 to 40 inch. And you know if you've had that all your life, is there really a need to go bigger? Yeah, I, I, I have to totally agree there. I just don't see the reason. I, I know I've seen people. I know uh, one of my neighbors. I think they have either a fifty-five or a sixty-inch television because I'll, if if they happen to have their curtains open and I'm coming home at night, I can see what they're watching when I turn the corner at the other end of the street. Yeah, that, that that'd be and, bad if they were watching <laughs> a uh, a little blue movie there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, fortunately, I haven't caught that yet. But I mean, it just, yeah, I, it's a huge television, and that's great. But they're a young couple, you know. It, it's fine. I mean, that, that's what they enjoy. That's what they're they're thinking. They're in their twenties. I'm I'm guessing. Uh, very nice couple. I like them a lot. But 
Yeah, it's just, you know, too, too maybe big. it's the curmudgeon. Yeah, it's the curmudgeon for me. Um, I just can't see it. All, the only time I would probably like something like that is watching live sports. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big football fan, American football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to sit in front of a big screen television. And I've got a couple friends that, you know, if I really want to, I can go over to their house uh, and sit down in front of a, a 55, 60 inch television and watch it. Um, of course, it's not the same as watching it at home. Just like it's not the same as watching movies at home. So yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, you know. Speaking of movies, do you go to the cinema very often? You know, I have to be honest with you. I have not been in a movie theater, and I'll, I'll say that very carefully. I have not been in a movie theater in probably fifteen years, or maybe more. Wow. Yeah. That that's that's longer than me. I, the last movie I saw, I took Gretel to see um, the was it the speech? I think it it had Jeffrey Rush in it, and uh, it was a, sort of a UK drama one. It was an extraordinarily good movie, and I, I'm a bit embarrassed not being able to remember the name of it. I think it was called The Speech. Uh, if it's drawn, I'll, I'll try that in the show notes and, and fix it up. Um, but that was the last movie we went to see. And you know what? It really threw me off movies. And that was over a year ago. It was about 18 months now. And, you know, we, we went and we, we've got, and I'm sure you have them in the States as well. You've got these luxury tickets where, you know, you've got the commoners down the bottom. <laughs> where they can go and sit in their bubblegum filled seats. No problem. Third class, third class steerage. Absolutely. <laughs> and then towards the back, you've got these really big, comfortable chairs. They recline back and you get, you know, uh, people bringing you food and drink that you've ordered and everything. So you think, okay, this is a great experience, albeit at $35 per ticket before you pay for the food. So, you know, it's yeah. expensive to sit in a comfortable seat. And, you know, I'm a larger guy and I like to sit in a comfortable seat. I don't want to sit in one of those little tiny seats. They're just awkward. Um, but... What I found was that the movie came across just very blurry. So the whole screen, and I was looking at this and thinking, you know, I know this movie's been edited in in Final Cut Pro because I read about it. And I'm thinking, crikey, Final Cut Pro looks this bad. And it's like, no, it's just the film transfer that they've put it through. And then it's, you know, whoever's running the the theatre just obviously is as blind as a bat, didn't have their glasses (laughs) on at the time and just couldn't sharpen the image. And it was... It was a you know a seventy to a hundred dollar expense once we bought a few extras, and I I just you know the movie was great but it was out of focus all the time. I just wish that I had little you know focus lenses on my eyes that I could just <laughs> you know zoom in and actually you know refocus the film. It was just horrendously bad, and you know that was not at just a, a small cinema either. That was in uh, Chatswood, which is a, a smaller. Uh, big suburban area of Sydney, though. So, you know, you've got Sydney and then you've got other big suburbs. And and Chatswood is, is one of those really, really big suburbs that, you know, everything is, uh, you know, bigger than life, um, if you will. And I just expected so much more. And I was just really let down. Um, you know, so I, I just don't go to the movies anymore. And, you know, then people... Were, I was actually speaking to the man who shall not be named today. And he was actually in, um, he was in watching the new Avengers movie. And you know, that's been going off on Twitter like nothing else. And I really, really want to see yep. it, 
But I'm not going to see it until I can get it on iTunes. So when it comes on iTunes and they say, okay, guess what? You can actually hire it now. Then I'm going to hire it. Watch it at home. And part of the reason is he was tweeting back and forth. And I said, why are you tweeting? You're supposed to be watching this movie. And he said, oh, I had to go for a toilet break. And that (laughs) single topic got me started. And it's like, yeah, why don't I go to the movies anymore? And it's like, because I can't pause it when I need to go. (laughs) You know, I know they're out there. And, and the problem is that you're so close, but you don't want to miss anything at all. Now, we yep. were talking pre-show, and you mentioned that there's a site or an app or something that you can actually use to see when the best time is to go for the toilet break? Yeah, there's actually a website. I looked it up. I couldn't remember the name, so I'd look it up. It's called Run P. That's P-E-E dot com. <laughs> and it tells you when, when the lull, there's a lull in the action. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, but it's where you're not going to miss a whole lot. It'll tell you the time, rough time stamp. And then I did notice when I looked the site up, and we'll put the site in the show notes for the uh, listeners, is it also there's an Android and iPhone app, you know, so that you can have it with you. So he who shall remain nameless will know the precise moment when he can get up, take a biological break, and when he, he can tweet you and tell you he's doing that, <laughs> and please... Let him tweet you, not me. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, and and then you know you know when to go back. It, it it tells you you know at forty-seven minutes and ten seconds, and you've got about six minutes, you know, to do it. So mm-hmm. hopefully not too many people in the theater are running the app because otherwise everybody exits. There's a line <laughs> at, the, at the crapper, and, that, you know. Then you get- you know what they just need that intermission that they used to have many many years ago. Uh, in movies, and especially longer movies, you just need the intermission where you have the movie in two parts. Because there's nothing worse than getting, you know, three quarters of the way through the movie and you've had the big jumbo, you know, drink of Coke and, and you've got the popcorn, but the, the salt in the popcorn hasn't dried you up enough. And then you go, oh, I need to go, but it's a pivotal moment. I didn't need to go 20 minutes ago. I, I have to go now. And... Um, you know, seriously, they, they need that intermission there so that you can actually go and, and enjoy it. And I tell you, the worst movie I've ever seen in the theatre for needing to go to the toilet, Titanic. Oh, boy. Really? Oh, water and rushing water <laughs> and lots of water. And it was cold and they're all there on screen. They're shivering and shaking. And seriously, and that movie admittedly goes for just over three hours, I think, from memory. But in that movie, I had to go yeah, to the loop correct. twice. And, um, yeah. you know, that was just, uh, you know, the second time I'm like, geez, do I need to go and see a doctor? What's going, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like well, you- the waterworks just kept coming. And surprisingly, everyone else in the theatre, too, they were up and down going in and out. I don't know if they were going there as well, but people were up and down, you know? You know, the, the I could have saved you a lot of that trouble. I could have told you how that movie ends. It sinks. <laughs> Spoil it for me, Kevin. I mean, I was hoping to see the 3D version. You, you know what would have been really good? You know, he, he went back to the drone board. He did a 3D version. I've got no idea. I haven't even read the reviews if that was good. But he should have done a 4D version where you've got the water spraying out at you. And, and, and when the boat's going down, you actually have the seats moving in the theater. I, you know, I was up on uh, the Gold Coast in Australia last year and um, went, went to... I believe it was Movie World, I want to say Movie World, and we saw 
the journey to the center of the earth, I believe it was. Um, and it was a, a 4D picture, and it you know had dinosaurs and everything. And of course, my daughter was scared. She you know ran out screaming and so forth with Gretel running after and me and Nicholas was in there and here's Nicholas and at the time he's three and a half and he's got these 3D glasses on and he's getting thrown around and he's seeing these big um, you know dinosaurs coming out of the screen and he's getting water sprayed on him and you know then different noises that would be made in the back of the seats would sort of come through and, and you know you'd hear a roar from from dinosaurs and so forth and it was just spectacular that you know, 3D added with the fourth dimension of, of feeling the water spray and everything. And believe me, we were drenched afterwards. <laughs> it was it was yeah. really quite entertaining. But that is what I'd pay money to go and see at the theatre. Going to see a 3D movie where you just put glasses on to see maybe something sort of come through the screen at you. Yeah, a bit boring for my liking. Yeah, I... I, I... I have never been to a 3D movie. No, I take that back. Not recently. I haven't been to a 3D movie in the theater. Uh, again, I went many years ago. As I said, I haven't been in a movie theater in 15 years. And I'll also say that even though I haven't been in a movie theater, we do still have a drive-in Ooh. here that that were. That, we, we've only that got works. a couple left in Australia. We don't. We we were never big on the drive-in out here. Uh, I know the U.S. was very big though. That's why there's more people in the U.S. than there are in Australia, because we had the drive-ins and what happened <laughs> at the back of the drive-in. But that's a whole other topic. But we still have, uh, it's, a, it's called the family drive-in. It's about 15 minutes from the house here. Mm-hmm. And you get two movies for seven fifty a person. It's not too bad. And they, have, and they have two screens, so you can watch the two movies on the front screen or two movies on the rear screen. Um, it's the speaker that hangs on the window. It's you know oh, really, really it's a the it's a drive-in. Yeah, it's it's been around for long. And the movies that are there are the ones that are like they they're the current releases, but they've been out for like maybe two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. But that place packs the people in. You have to get there a good hour before showtime, if not an hour and a half, and you sit in line along the road waiting to get in. And then when you get in, you get your parking spot, and they have a playground up in front wow. of the screen where the kids can go up and play and swing and do whatever. And it's great. We we the last time we went, we took the van. We have a van uh, for us, and we backed the van in, and then flipped the top of the back of the van open. Mm-hmm. The kids could play in the back there with the back seats down, so they had a big area. Didn't have to sit still. Didn't have to worry about them kicking the other people. Hmm. Uh, we had chairs. We could sit in the chairs and look at the screen and relax. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of movie thing that I will do still. Yeah, we didn't that do sounds it. very cool. Now, we didn't do it last year, but we probably we might do it this year some. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main reason I don't like the theater is and that I've quit going is because I don't want to go to jail. If I go to the movie theater again and the people are rude, obnoxious, and noisy, I'm going to beat somebody, and I'm going to beat them hard. And I, I don't need a criminal record. That's and, all I'll and, say. And you know what? The man who shall not be named was actually complaining to me on Twitter that some douchebag had his iPhone turned on and it was running throughout the entire movie. Oh, dear God. And, and that would just absolutely irritate me. You know, it's uh, mo- mo- going to the movies, I think, are just one of these expensive outings, especially when you've got kids. They just It gets very, very pricey. And even, you know, the snack bar as well. The snack bar is so expensive. It's, 
you know, oh, yeah. just to get a couple of things, you know, and, and out here, I don't know if they do this in the States, but out here they, you know, sort of prevent you from bringing in stuff. You know, they've got signs in certain theatres that say, oh, you can't bring in your own food and everything. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> fine, I won't. I won't come and, and frequent your establishment. So, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll be going back to see a movie at the theatre any anytime soon. I, I love the idea. I, I think it's a good idea. Um, but it, it's just got too costly. And then if you have disappointments like other people being obnoxious or you've got... Um, you know, say the the sounds too loud or the screens out of focus. There's just too many possibilities of you know wasting a lot of money and just not really enjoying um, the the movie experience. Yeah, I, I, I that's the, that's part of it. I mean, it's the it's the fact that I remember when I went as a kid, and of course I lived in a small town. In the theater that we used to go to, there was an older woman that ran the theater, and she ran it with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. If you started making too much noise, man, she had you by the scruff of the neck and dragging your sorry butt right out of that theater. And everybody was terrified of this poor woman. <laughs> God rest her soul. She's passed on now. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was a single screen and, and that was, what, and, and I learned, but I mean, even when I went to the theater in the, the next largest theater I could get to, which was probably 15 miles away, it was the same thing. You learn to respect things. And now we did sneak stuff in occasionally. I won't say what we snuck in when I got to be about 18 years old. And you have big jackets that hide things, you know, and they don't go clink, clink so, as much as <laughs> as they would. But, you know, it's it, it, it was a different concept. But people nowadays, as I said, it had been 15 years ago, they were just freaking rude. Yeah. And, you know, and, it and is. It's, it's not got, much better, unfortunately. No, I'm, I'm sure it hasn't improved any at all. And the movies uh, around here, we did just see a thing the other day where the current movie theater, well, there's two big theaters here. One of them's really old. It's probably 30 years old. They're going to tear it down and rebuild it. Uh, Then we have something called the Alamo Draft House, and any of our listeners that are in Texas will know about that. It's a whole movie theater dining experience type of thing, and it sounds really lovely, but I know I talked to uh, some good friends of ours, and you know, man, woman, and their daughter, they went to it, they got an order of chicken nuggets, something, a drink each, Mm -hmm. and I think they said they spent about $50 to go see a movie. Wow. For three people. That just seemed exorbitant to me. Yeah, absolutely. Too too pricey, and I think that's why people aren't going to these places anymore, and and why, you know, I think the problem is they haven't really figured out how to rework for the home entertainment uh, sort of industry and you know people can have cinema style experiences at home they, they haven't really figured that out and i think that sometimes they increase their prices to justify why people aren't going to the theater versus hey let's reduce the prices a little bit and get people back into the theater and showcase to them that this experience is still valid it's still interesting it's still good the same can be said for you know uh, corner stores or or you know yep. even a petrol station you know, out here you can get something like a, a full, large bottle of Coke uh, at the supermarket for the same. But the the problem is that the, the price for that, the smallest bottle you can get, or even a can in a service station, will be the same price. You know, and just you know they they push their prices up, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's like you'd think you want to make sales, 
make it more reasonable, more people will buy from you. But, yeah, it's it, it it is strange the way that that works out. And a good thing about the drive-in I was talking about, you can take your food, you can take your drinks. That, that um, saves a lot of money, especially with the family. But you know the other the flip side to that, the snack bar there sells fresh pizza. They yeah, sell yeah. hot dog. They have they actually have really good food there. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's a real toss up. Again, it's a small family run business. Um, it's been there for I don't know how many years. Yeah, it, it sounds like they they still have that traditional. This is how you treat your customers approach. Um, to yes, what they, they do. do. Uh, and you know, so many places don't these days. I think they're just pumping in too many teenagers, keep the wages low. And you know, albeit teenagers need to get experience in life, uh, but when you've got you know someone who's you know lucky if they're eighteen and they're called a manager, you know, that's like, yeah. come on, <laughs> you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You don't really understand what customer service is. Admittedly, there are some exceptions to the rule. Uh, but that yeah. all comes with age. And, you know, if I look at back when I was 18, I thought I, I ran the world and knew what it was all about. And, <laughs> and everyone, you know, else was stupid in comparison to me. Perhaps I still think that way. But at least now I know that, no, back then I was stupid. It was it, it was foolish behavior. Uh, so we all live and learn. It's always a lesson that, that, that we all learn as we get older. I know... Uh... Uh, some of the the stuff that I did in theaters and stuff back in back in my youth, I would never dream of doing now. And uh, I will tell you one funny story. We went to see one of the first Friday. It was the first Friday the Thirteenth movie uh, when it came out in theaters. And that tells you how old it was because I was still in high school. And we were sitting there watching the theater, and it was unbeknownst to us a huge this was a sunday afternoon a huge storm had come up and the it was getting right to the point where it was the first or second person this goes back to our topic a few weeks ago the music building the anticipation Mm -hmm. the first person was about to get whacked and right about the time they cut and showed jason getting ready to hit him the whole theater just goes pitch black i mean black and then you hear this huge rumble of thunder and 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 it's just really eerie. You don't know what's going on. Then we could hear water running. Oh, really? And what it was, there was a cloud burst and a terrible storm and it had knocked out the power. It had been raining so hard that the water was coming in the emergency exit because the parking lot next door to the theater was flooding. Wow. We sat there for a few minutes and then we get up and walk out and there and here we are. We see all the uh, ushers and stuff at the theater mopping the water back out of the front of the theater because the street out in front of the theater, the storm waters had backed up and it was coming in the front of the, the theater. Wow. What, what a movie uh, to have that experience on as well. You know, just, oh, I know. And especially at the time, you know, you look at the Friday the 13th series as a whole and the series, you know, seriously, they, they've made a few too many movies, I think. But the first few <laughs> yeah. were quite good. Um, but really, you know, it, it's... It was scary back in the day. I remember when I first saw it, and I didn't see it, of course, when it was released. I saw it just as a kid growing up, a you know, young teenager, and I was scared out of my wits. Now I look at it and I go, why was I scared of that? But, you yeah. know, um, you notice that movies keep impressing us um, as time goes on. You know, uh, horror films get scarier and, uh, you know, do things differently than they did years ago. 
a lot of films are remade. Rob Zombie has done quite a few good remakes. Um, you know, in the Halloween seri- series, uh, which is, you know, the... Uh, I'm trying to remember here, Kevin. It's... Um, I know. Yeah, it is, oh, I know it is the Halloween series. Um, yes. I... That, that he's remade. And, you know, the remakes I love, I absolutely... Uh, well, I love everything that he does anyway because I've got that sort of warped sense of mind, although... Um, his... Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, although his El Super Beasto movie, trust me, it's worth a watch, but it's really, really out there. It even goes past where I live, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Using the uh, Pen- Penny's phrase with Sheldon that the buses don't go where you live, well, <laughs> you know, I don't jump on the bus that goes where Rob Zombie lived when he was making that movie, because that was really, really out there, really strange. Um, That's almost a, one of those ones, what was he smoking? Absolute, type of- <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it definitely yeah. was. Now... Let's before we get down too much of a rat hole on that topic. Let's move on to the Raspberry Pi because you were saying that you've. Um, I, I know originally when we took the show over, that was one of our topics. It was you know this great little computer on sort of almost a credit card size kind of platform. Right. And uh, you said that you ordered one. H- have you actually received it? It's been a long and interesting journey since I placed the order. Um, it is basically like you said. It's a small. Um, it's a little bit bigger than a credit card, but it, it's a full Linux-based computer with ports, has an SD card slot, you know, for extra storage on it, uh, an HDM, yeah, an HDMI port for video. Um, it's a great little device, $35 US. Um, and it, it, it is truly an amazing little device. Well, I ordered it, and then probably about a week later, I got an email saying, well, we had way more people order these than we thought. And we are manufacturing them as fast as we can wherever they're manufacturing them at. And they couldn't, uh, they wouldn't, they didn't know when they'd be able to fill the order. So they had all the orders that weren't fulfilled. They set the ship date as August 31st of this year. Wow. And that was two months ago they set that date. Well, I keep I've gotten emails saying you know things are progressing. We've got another batch coming, and uh, we got an update saying okay, we've got another batch. It's stuck in getting the approvals by the local governments and the you know customs and everything like that. Well, about uh, might have been a week ago now, maybe not quite a week ago. I got another email that said, guess what? It's going to ship. You should have your Raspberry Pi by no later than June twenty ninth of this year. So I'm still about uh, six weeks away from getting it. And I'm really excited because I think it's going to be a very cool little system. I'll play with it for a while and then I'll probably turn it over to the kids to have at and do something with may give it to my, uh, one of my kids to give them that and a monitor Mm -hmm. and they can have a set. Now I'm not, I I'll preface this with saying I'm not going to allow them to have that in their bedroom and then be able to connect to the internet because I'm a firm believer in if kids are going to be on internet, accessible devices they need to be where parents can keep an eye on things absolutely and in one big communal area where um you know i I totally agree with you on that so but you know they would they would they could play with it my oldest uh daughter has talked about how much she wants to learn command line Mm -hmm. uh the command line in linux and stuff like that because she'll watch me drop out to the terminal 
on my iMac every once in a while, and she thinks that's just cool when I sit out there and, you know, I'll be doing entering a few terminal commands. Um, that's that's so she cool wants when to, you can get someone young interested in command line and command line prompts and, and hopefully then into even coding. Um, you know, that would yeah. be really cool because, you know, so much now you look at what kids have access to. They've got iPhones, iPads, iPod touches, Android devices, everything. They they just see what's being developed. They see what's coming along and they just tap on this screen and they, I think a lot of them just don't see anything deeper than that. They don't understand the core of what's going on. So I hope that a lot of kids, um, you know, start picking up this technology and actually saying, how does this work? And then not just figure out how to build, say, for instance, an iOS app or an Android app, but figure out how to actually go back to the origins of what computers were, have been, and and that whole progression yep. to now. Um, you know, in my opinion, you've, you've got to learn the basics before you can then apply the skills to the current set of, of setups. Um, you you've got to walk before, you, or you got to crawl before you walk. And walk, walk before, before you run. Before you run. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you, you can't just jump in. I mean, people do, but then... You sort of see the train wreck um, appear somewhat. So uh, it's great to get kids into. And it's certainly cheap, too. Yeah. Like I said, I'm going to get it. I can't wait to play with it. Uh, As soon as I get it and have a a week or two to have at with it, um, then we'll talk to our listeners some more. But I had gotten a couple questions, uh, so I wanted to let listeners know it's not dead. It's on back order. Interestingly enough, though, I keep getting emails, too, that say, and we have all these accessories that you can order along with your Raspberry Pi, you know. And, <laughs> and it's like, this and give the... me the device first, then I'll consider in ordering the accessories. <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fun thing. Um, I'm a firm believer, and I love to play with that kind of stuff. It's you know, it's shiny, it's new. I might get bored in ten minutes, and if I do, then I'll move it on to another another use. Um, but we'll see, and uh, we'll see how it turns out. I, I I invite the listeners to stay tuned, and uh, if they give a crap, they can hear what I think about the thing after I get it and play with it for a bit. But uh, we'll just see. You know, you were talking about programming for getting youngsters interested in that. Uh, I would encourage our listeners to go look up the, uh, I think it's MIT, has a thing that teaches young children, even children as young as yours, really? to program it. It's called Scratch. Ooh, Okay. And it basically, you're like putting together pieces of the puzzle. We'll put a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a program, graphical programming that you you know can make things walk, and you can. It's 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 hard to describe. I've watched the demo videos of it. I had it loaded on one of the laptops around here, and I don't remember it, what happened, and I lost it. Is it perhaps but something it, like animation where you can put different components together than animate a character kind of thing, but deeper than that? Yes, you can do that. You can actually build games. Um, they have some demos of games that have been built on it. They have demos of, um, I think they have some um, applications uh, that you can download to see so you get an idea of how they put the pieces together. But it's kind of like fitting puzzle pieces together. Um, really gives a kid an idea of how to structure, you know, how, how to structure things before they actually have to learn, you know, how to, to write code, whether it's Perl or Python or, or uh, if they do VB or, or uh, oh, crap, Xcode. 
about to lose my cred there, uh, <laughs> Xcode or something like that. You know, it, it really gives them a good feel for it um, because that's the way they learn. I mean, you know, give them the basics, let them start to play around with it. So I need to load that back up on because I don't know what happened to the – it was on one of the two laptops that my kids used, but I have no idea what happened to it. But, I'll, uh, I'll certainly have to check it out because, uh, you know, anything that I can sort of get to get my daughter moving in that direction, I'd be really happy. You know, as a father, it's funny, you tend to sort of say, all right, I want you to do this, <laughs> you know, yes. you, you, you'll probably rebel against me. But you know what? At the age of five, you've got no choice. You don't know what yes. rebellion is. In 10 years time, though, she'll go, ah. <laughs> Uh, you've just, I suppose you've just got to try not to smother. Um, you know, one, one thing, my mother was always very much for education, uh, which turned out well because I turned out with half a decent head on my shoulders. Uh, the other half, well, you know, things happen. But she always forced uh, reading and literature into me. So, you know, constantly, even if I wasn't at school, and, and we're talking school holidays and they even Christmas school holidays, I'd basically be forced to read. And it's been something that for the past 10 to 15 years, I guess, I've really struggled with. I love reading. I enjoy the experience. But then at times I go through sort of, oh, geez, remember all the time that she made me sit down and read? And, you know, so I'll get halfway through a book and then, you know, it'll just hit me. And then it'll be like, yeah, I won't touch that book for another two or three weeks. Um, And... You know, so that, and that was just being forced into it. And I think really what you're seeing now is is later in life, in my mid thirties, I'm turning around and I'm coming back to books. I'm coming back to uh, writing, which I was always very strong with. But you know, again, my mother forced that upon me. And you know, I came to a teenager, and then that was the time when basically society said, you know what, you've got to do good at school, and you've got to choose the career for the rest of your life, and. You know, it was just too much pressure, and, and uh, I just ended up rebelling and, and going away from what I was actually good at for, you know, a good 15 years. Uh, so I'm so glad that I, I've now gone back. So I, I really, the, the moral of the story is I never want to push my daughter or my son too far to where they say, hey, you know, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. You wanted me to do this, but I just didn't feel like it. You know, I didn't want to do it. I don't want to push them in that direction. Yeah, we, we let ours experiment. Um, the only thing we don't let them do is, and I and I hate when parents do this, is if they start something, they got to finish it out to, yep. like if they join scouting or something like that, you got to finish the year. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want to sign up for the following year, Fine. I'm okay with that. But don't quit halfway but, through. No, don't quit halfway through. I, I made that mistake once in my life, and I still, you know, 40 years later, I still regret that. Mm-hmm. I could not regret it. It's one of the larger regrets, although it had, would have had absolutely no impact on my the way I turned out. Much to my, much to most people's chagrin, it wouldn't have made me any better. I don't think it could have made me much worse. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's it's just one of those things that I, I'm not going to let my kids do that. That's just ridiculous. You, know, you start something that's fine, yeah. do it for the time you signed up for it, and then move on. Yeah, That's def- okay. definitely. And certainly, you know, with my kids, we let them have everything. You know, if they want to play the iPad all day, so be it. If they want to go and play outside all day, so be it. You know, it, it's very flexible. As long as they learn and they're happy and, you know, they're moving forward, you know, I've got no problems. Just keep it open. Whereas I was just forced to sit inside and read and write and I became very <laughs> bitter. 
you wouldn't know. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I understand. Well, you know that when that stuff's forced down your throat, it's just absolutely miserable. It is, and, and it, I, it takes the the passion and something that you're really interested in, and it takes it and throws it away. And I, I look back now and I think. You know, I've had many different job titles over the years. I've been a photographer, a graphic designer, a website designer, um, to run in a sales business and so forth, and then an online sales business. But now I'm actually back to what my calling was, which is writing and being a writer. And, you know, maybe some people will turn around and say, hey, you're no good. That's fine. Each each person has their own style of reading that they like to do. Um, but it makes me happy. And, you know, that's what you've got to aim for. You've got to aim for the individual happiness. Because if you're not happy, there's, there's no use doing anything. It's uh, No. You know, not, uh, it, I've always proclaimed I've been happy in the past. But it's not till you really sit there and perform the task that you go, you know what, I, I really wasn't happy doing all this stuff years ago. I'm really happy and content now. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know that feeling all too well. It's... Uh as as things have changed and you, when when you have a job that you really like and even when you complete the most menial task in the world related to that job the, the amount of satisfaction that you get from that accomplishment is enough to keep you going for the next one and the next one yep. and it will only make you better um i know when i was uh when i got done with high school it was like oh dear god i cannot deal with any more school mm. and i could have gotten a free ride almost in college because of different things. And, um, I, I won't go into all the details, but I would have, I would have actually gotten paid to go to college, but mm-hmm. I could not deal with it. Mm. I said, that's it. I can't deal with it. So I waited several years before I started college. And, uh, even then I put off taking English and writing. Mm-hmm. I put off college come. And when I finally got down, I had like two classes or three classes left to take before I could graduate. Uh, and I was going part time, and uh, I was just—I I just whinged at the idea of having to take English comp. <laughs> and I had a teacher, uh, uh, and a big shout out. And I doubt she's listening to the show. I haven't seen her in years. Mrs. Andrea, uh, she was a published author for the first time. She had published her first first book, mm-hmm. and she had been published in local magazines and stuff. And she inspired me to write so much that I wrote several good pieces and she then recommended me i was one of two people that she recommended to the national or chapter of the national english honor society mm-hmm. at my school at Fantastic. my college i was attending um i looked at the extra work i was going to have to do and said oh crap i can't do that work full time <laughs> so unfortunately i didn't do it but it was it was truly amazing and um she really inspired me to write and i still enjoy writing it's just I need to focus when I do it, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and really tough. The, you know what's the hardest part is that blank page. You know, I've, I've got so many different writing projects going at the moment, and the hardest part is getting that first paragraph down for me. Once I've got the paragraph down, I just go through no troubles at all. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun, and uh, you'll certainly get more writing out of me, and hopefully maybe this year. At least one published book, fingers crossed. Oh. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm well. working on it. I've got the editor lined up, um, and I'm working on the book. So I don't know when it'll be released, but uh, the all the, the all the bases are done, and all the um, 
the homework's been done. It's just a matter of compiling it now. And um, I will say this much, though. I do like the iBookstore uh, app that Apple released to create books that way. The interactive graphical elements is really good because you can take something like an iPhone with just a little picture and then you can actually have people tap on, say, home button. So they can they can tap on the home button. Then you can actually have it zoom in and expand out more hints and tips about, you know, okay, if you press twice the home button, what does it do? If you press once, what does it do? And so forth. So it's really, it's a book, but it's an interactive experience that I'm working on. And, um, yeah, so hopefully uh, that'll be out this year sometime. Is it going to be digital or just strictly that digital strictly format? Strictly digital at the moment. Um, I have looked at the service Lulu uh, at I believe it's Lulu dot com, yep. and they offer the ability to then you know take that material and print it and have it printed. Um, I just don't know whether or not there's actually going to be that much of a demand to have the, that kind of book in print because it's going to be tech based, Apple based, iOS based. Um, and I, I don't know, I think more people would probably take their iPad and perhaps purchase it or even their, I'll, I'll probably look at making it available in, in like the Amazon digital bookstore as well and, uh, mm-hmm. give, give people with, you know, Kindles and, um, and so forth, a, a shot at using it too. Well, if it, if it does come out in paper, I'll make one request of you, my friend. I a want an autograph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe me, it's something I have. I have a couple computer books that I knew the author, and I got them signed. And mm-hmm. I will not part. They're on Cold Fusion, yep. and Cold Fusion is as dead as the doornail right now. You know, very I, few people. I've got the same thin. Uh, well, not the Cold Fusion ones, of course, but I've got um, the Complete Historically Brewed, which we've spoken about before, uh, oh, yeah. which is by David Grealish. And uh, I'm, I'm showing Kevin as we we speak the the signed copy of the book. And, you know, it just adds that personalized feel to it. It's, you know, one of the things that Woz does, um, Steve Wozniak, for anyone who isn't familiar, um, he actually signs some of the books and you can actually have him sign specific things. So you could have him sign uh, Live Long and Prosper, you know, Woz um, kind of thing. And that's just cool because you can actually get his book in printed form, get his signature. Uh, it's actually done by him. And, you know, it, it doesn't cost much more, to be quite honest. He, he just does it because he just likes doing it. It's something that he enjoys to do. Um, yeah, I, I I always enjoy that. I I went out and found a copy of my English teacher's book, the one I was speaking of, and took it to her. And she said, you really want me to sign this? I said, yes, it would mean a great deal to me to have a signed copy of your book. You know, I have a few books that have been signed by the author, but that one especially because, I mean, you know, she was my teacher for an entire semester of English, and uh, she wrote a very nice little thing in the front of the book and uh, said to Kevin and signed it. So something I'm very, very proud of uh, to have on my shelf. Uh, Um, Definitely. I've got another book. I'm going to have to pull it out. It's in another room at the moment, so I can't get it. But it's based on the the CIRAC computer, which is Australia's first computer. And it was done by CSIRO. And this is when I was working for CSIRO in Australia. 
and I contributed to the book. I did a lot of the image manipulation, scanning, and and sort of you know locating the images. I was in the right division of, of the the government to actually have access to that stuff, and uh, so I actually got a. Um, a special thanks in the book, which was really nice to get. And then I got a lovely covering letter from the authors um, to thank me for helping uh, with the book. Uh, so I'll, I'll pull that out sometime. We'll talk about it on a on a future show because that that's something that I, I don't look at often, but I always have a bit of pride in that, you know, um, where I could contribute to something that, you know, I believe in and I think is fantastic. So... Uh yeah. I would also, I would also. That's great, and I look forward to reading it when you publish. I would also encourage our listeners to go over to the uh, mymac.com and read some of your articles. They are well written articles. I don't tell you enough when I do read them. Um, I do enjoy reading your stuff. It's it's very well written, concise, and uh, really, really helps me understand things. And the funny thing is, we've talked a couple times outside of the show. I've read articles of yours in the past. Mm-hmm. And I've picked up a product uh, like two months later after I read the review and I've been through it. And then I'll get to talking to you about it and you'll say, hey, hang on a moment. I wrote a review about that. I mean, we did that with DisplayPad was the most recent yes. thing I think that happened. And, and it's just so amazing that your writing has become such a uh, a regular read for me along with a few others. That, uh, you're a good writer. No, uh, very, good. Many uh, Many compliments to you, my friend. I, I, and for I, our, I do have to say, I do have a, a very good editor across at my Mac, John Nemo. He's uh, he's superb. He uh, makes sure that I sound good and read good. So, uh, you know, I've got to tip my hat at him because without him, I'd be uh, half of the writer I am, in my opinion. Well, you are. It's it's good. You're very well informed. They're very informative pieces. Um, without all the sometimes when you read certain tech writers and I'm not going to mention anybody, you can tell they're really making a stretch to write what they're writing about, mm-hmm. that they don't have any passion, I should yeah. say for, for, for what they're doing. So um, that makes it tough. And I'd also mention for our listeners, if you're interested in learning about the application, Mark's talking about the iBooks, uh, go over to, I think it's macbyteslearning.co.uk. Yes. Um, and they, she, uh, Elaine Giles and Thomas Mike have done a great uh, couple shows, uh, learning at shows that you can, I think you can download them after the fact. I think they might be like they're, 10 I pounds. Think they're $10, $10 each. Yeah, maybe 10 pounds. Um, yeah, something but like yeah, that. They're, they're quite affordable, but wow. I talk about a lot of good information. And I have a feeling Don McAllister also did... Uh, he did. A screencast he did. online. I don't know if he went in as much detail because I haven't seen it. Um, but you I know, watched the f- first part of it, so I, but I can't remember now. So, speaking of Don, actually, um, and I know at the moment they're they're still uh, for free, but he's actually put some of his uh, SCI Tutor apps um, on the Mac App Store and the iTunes App Store for free. Um, he's tempting, I think, with keeping them at the free price. Um, but they're really, really good if you want some information uh, and you're a Mac user listening to this show. You may not be, but if you are, uh, go and check those out. They're free, and if you really like it and really like what Don does, go across to his site, which is uh, screencastonline.com. Yep, that's and, it. It's uh, a... You can subscribe, and I think he does two shows a week now, doesn't he, Kevin? Or is it only he one does... show? No, it's two shows. He does one on iOS and one on uh, macOS. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very reasonable price show. 
I've been a member for since 2007 or eight. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even go back and uh, not as much, but I even go back and watch some of the old content. You know, Don's the type of person that makes anything interesting. Um, he's a great guy. He's a nice. He, he's a mutual friends of another friend of ours, Allison Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a very nice person. Um, I love listening to his stuff and watching his stuff. It's so educational. Uh, so I would encourage the listeners to go over. He does publish a free show, I believe it's once a month, that you can get right out of iTunes, mm-hmm. kind of a teaser. And then he also publishes a teaser for the subscriber show every week. And he also does giveaways. I mean, he's given away a uh, MacBook Air. He gave away two or three iPads. I can't remember how many iPads he's given I away. At least two, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it does I, I would encourage listeners. Yeah, I would encourage our listeners to go over and check his stuff out. Um, maybe he'll want to buy some advertising from us, but, you know, I'm not going to. We won't go that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, we're all friends in, in the Mac community. And, uh, and, you know, it's always good to give a shout out here and there to help others along. Um, and yeah. ho- hopefully down the line somewhere we get shout outs as well. And, you know, I, I know we do on Tech Fans. So uh, we've got to say thank you to <laughs> Tim and David for shouting at us. <laughs> yeah, that was at, not at. Yeah, uh, well, that was at no. with the big, yeah, different type at, but it was a good one. You know, you know what? At least they still mentioned us. You know, it means, that's right. As I, as I think I said last week, if we're pissing people off when we do this show, we're doing a good job. <laughs> we're doing it right. That's exactly Absolutely. right. And, you know, speaking of, of uh, pissing people off, total blackout. Oh, Kevin, 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 <laughs> Kevin. You made me watch that. <laughs> and? You know I got one episode in, and I'm sitting there watching it with the, the wife the other night, and Gretel's sitting there, and she's just laughing her head off. She thought it was hilarious and fantastic. And, and this was the, the very first episode, because that was the one that was free on iTunes. Now, this yep. wasn't the episode where the butt was at the hole and people were sniffing the backside. So I thought, okay, there is no way I'm paying iTunes for this. And I really didn't feel like torrenting it because, you know, you go on the torrent sites and it takes three days to download. So it wasn't worth it. So I I went on YouTube and found a clip of of this and I just went, you have to be fucking (laughs) kidding me. They, They publicly do this. And you know what? I don't mind if a guy smells another guy's armpit, another guy's ass or another guy's dirty shoes. What turned my gut and my stomach was seeing women do that. And and I just thought, <laughs> women already, in society, women are, are still pictured, you know, quite a lot as being, you know, lower and so forth. And I just, <laughs> I didn't feel that show did anything to increase their stature, if you know what I mean. I, yep. I thought it was a little bit demeaning and... You know, like in in the first episode, the the woman actually won. She actually, um, well, there was I think there's two women on, two men on on each episode, uh, but one of the women won anyway, and she got five thousand dollars. And I'm thinking, you embarrassed yourself on national television, and then you get five thousand dollars, and you sniffed some guy's armpit, you ate off his stomach, you you know. <laughs> smelt the dirty shoe and it's like seriously i i've got to say i th- i felt it was 
a show and is a show for just getting cheap laughs and seriously i, think- I like i like cheap laughs, laughs. <laughs> I, look i think urkel should have just you know stayed in oblivion <laughs> to be quite honest <laughs> i um you know i wanted to like the show i'll be quite honest i didn't really want to like the show i just didn't feel comfortable with women being on that show doing those repulsive things it's just i i look as a father and and you know having a daughter and i just think if she did that number one i'd kill her when she got home uh, <laughs> but number two I'd, i just want to slide under the table and be so embarrassed um well, did you ever watch Fear Factor when it was on? I, I've seen bits and pieces of Fear Factor, but I, well, I, I think I think what really turned me off was when I saw that YouTube video clip and the the woman was there, nose through the whole smell in this man's backside. I just I felt it was inappropriate for for uh, TV. I, I don't know what what time does it play in the US for you guys? Is it on at a an early hour when, or later in the night? Uh, Wednesday nights at, I want to say like 8.30 or 9 o'clock on the Discovery Channel. Okay, so 9, 9.30 is okay. I don't feel too bad with that. Where I feel a bit bad is when shows like that are on at maybe 7, 7.30 and maybe younger kids are still awake and possibly watching it. Um, that That's when I, I feel it's inappropriate. If it's on it, if it's on at an adult hour, then okay, cool. You know, I, I don't have much of a problem, but yeah, just it turned my gut. Something fierce. Well, if if you ever want to watch that entire episode, the funniest part, and this is a spoiler alert here for our listeners, is when the one guy, one of the guys that's in that episode, he gets he gets up there and he's sniffing it. And he goes, "Oh, that smells horrible," but I should know that smell. It smells familiar too. And I'm going, <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I, I've got to admit, there was some you know funny moments mixed in with you know oh you're kidding me they're actually doing that <laughs> you know, um, but yeah it's, well, it's w- a show that I certainly won't be watching again that's for sure. <laughs> well, th- this week's episode I think is entitled "Blind Licking." I think they make people lick things. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, what, guess what, what has the world come to? I mean, I, I was I, I had a, a chat online on Twitter about it, um, and you know, it, it's sort of just like I, I thought Donahue back in the day was bad enough, and all these daytime talk shows, and you know, admittedly some of them are fake, and and you know, even if they're not fake, the guests on them go overboard. You know what I mean? They they really go over the top, and you think. How are you now going to walk down the street? You've been on this national TV series and everyone's going to be looking at you, gawking at you. It's like, I'd never do it and I hope to hell my kids never do it. Um, admittedly, it's good to have a laugh, but you know, you're also laughing at other people's expense and if they're too stupid to know any better, then I feel sorry for them. But, you know, I, yeah, I, just, I-, I can't see anyone with self-respect wanting to go on that show to then be laughed at, you know? I would do it, except I don't think the spandex would be very flattering for a large guy like me. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm sure it, it's, it's got to be hilarious for the guys standing there, you know, with, with the, the smelly with the butt crack, and, and that they've got to be absolutely in hysterics, you know? I mean, what a job. Let, let's get on the treadmill for a while and, and get that, that sweat going and... Uh, but no, I, I just, I 
didn't think that it was appropriate to have women sniffing some of those things. I just, um, well, in all fairness, the men are doing the same thing. Yeah, so. but, but, but men are gross anyway, you know, we're, we're, we're gross. So, you know, we sort of do well, that kind is, of yeah. thing. But seeing women do it, I, I just thought was a, a little bit tacky, I guess. Um, other than that, though, it was a good show. You know what I mean? It was um, interesting to see the fears. And, you know, like you mentioned last week, the fish tanks, they sort of put their hands in. They're not even touching anything. They're freaking out. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, so from that side of the fence, it was good. But I think they just maybe even went a little bit too much on the shock factor kind of thing and want to... You know, people like me would be would look at it and go, oh, man, that's that's terrible, you know, whereas other people won't. And there's no right or wrong way. We all think differently. We all respond to things differently. But it's when they do something in a show that I, I feel maybe was just there to gain ratings or, you know, get talk around the the water fountain at work or, you know, on the Twitter sphere. When they, when they do that, I just feel, yeah, you know what? It was a good show besides getting the women to do those, what I'd class as repulsive tasks. Um, you know, I, I wondered, did they know that that was actually going to happen too? I mean, you, obviously these guests sign a disclaimer, but did they actually know that they were then going to be subject possibly to these things? Um, because you, you've got to assume that there, there's got to be... You can't sign your soul away. How would they? How would right. the show defend themselves against, you know, legalities and, and liabilities and and so forth? I mean, it's, it, it just befuddles me how people would do that. I mean, what if six months time they they turn around and say, you know what, I was demeaned. I you know I can't get a job now because people have seen me on there. <laughs> Um, seen me sniffing somebody's butt. Yeah, I mean, you know, other than, you know, some porn fetish, it's like, it's just got no no place on, on, well, on they, commercial they TV to, in my book. They do have to sign a release. I mean, they have to sign a release saying they agree to this, they agree to the commercial presentation of it and all that. I guess it all comes down to with that show or with like Fear Factor that I mentioned or some of these other reality shows. How much money is it worth for you to maybe sell your dignity? Yeah. In this C- case, these people $5, are selling dollars. Not worth it. Very cheap. Very cheap. <laughs> well, you know what they say? Everybody has their price, my friend. Everybody. They do, unfortunately. Yeah. It's uh, a sliding scale. It's It certainly is. But, uh, yeah, listeners, go and check it out anyway and, and see what you think. Give us some feedback because, you know, me and Kevin don't agree on it. Kevin thinks it's good. I think it's good if they took the women out of it uh or certainly toned down the extremes that they go to and uh you know smelling having a woman smell some guy's ass crack is just not not worth a laugh in my opinion um that, and, then you definitely don't want to see the uh lick spectacular or whatever they're no, calling no, this I, I, don't, I don't think i will somehow kevin i think we'll agree to disagree <laughs> disagree on that one but i i hope you do enjoy it and have a lot of good laughs uh <laughs> from it because you know look I'm, I'm sure there's things that i laugh at that you know you'd turn around and be scratching your head at and thinking what the hell is he on <laughs> <laughs> different so, different ways for all of us that's what abs- makes it fun absolutely each to their own and i think we've mentioned before if we were all the same boy wouldn't it be boring we'd be uh we ha- wouldn't have anything to talk about There'd be no yeah, conflicting views, so 
And if everybody looked like me, the world would be full of a bunch of ugly bastards. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. Now, uh, just before we finish up the show this week, you've had a problem with RSI and carpal tunnel syndrome. And um, what's been going on there? Have you been tweeting too much? You know, as I think we, uh, on Twitter, I said, I said, uh, live to tweet, tweet to live. Mm-hmm. See if anybody recognizes where that comes from. That's a famous slogan, at least here in the United States. But, um, yeah, last few weeks I've noticed I've had some pain uh, in, in my mousing hand, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, so I finally, almost to the point it hurts to lay my arm on the desk, even as we're recording, wow. I have to stretch my arm all the way out so that from my elbow up it's laying on the desk because I forgot to bring down... I uh, tweeted out the picture yesterday. I bought one of those uh, braces that hold your hand straight mm-hmm. and steady. And I wore it all day today. And when I was driving home, because I can't really drive in the thing because I can't get a good grip on the steering wheel. I don't, uh, you know, and I, with all the traffic I drive in, I want to make sure I have a good grip. And mm-hmm. today I needed it with all the idiots that were out. It was full force this evening. <laughs> anyway, um, it really, I did not have any pain when I drove home this evening. So it is helping as much as I hate wearing the thing and as awkward as it is. And I'm having to switch hands. I'm have luckily I'm amb- ambidextrous when I uh, use a mouse so I can switch from one hand to the other. Oh, that's um, good. I, I can't do that very well. I've, I've tried a couple yeah. of times, uh, just, you know, for the fun of it, <laughs> not for any yeah. particular reason. And I struggle with that. Maybe I could do a trackpad, um, you know, because you just, moving the finger around so it's almost like you've got the ipad or the iphone there but an, an actual mouse and moving the mouse around too hard for me well it's i think i learned to do it from my years in doing computer support because i didn't like to mess with somebody's setup mm-hmm. when i'd go in and sit down at their desk to do something because i used to do service desk support work and um that was i think that's where i picked it up but i'm also a little bit ambidextrous anyway i've always been that i uh, right with my left hand, and I do other things right-handed. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, so I can go back and forth uh, a little bit there. So, you know, it works out. So I've got, I bought one of those braces that covers the first I don't know six inches of my arm, supports your hand, kind of holds it like at a. I'm showing Mark how to hold your hand <laughs> at a weird angle. Um, I can still type and stuff, uh, and it really seemed to help. So. Yeah, I, I had gonna... the same problem a couple of years back, um, and that was when I was playing computer games a lot heavier than I do now, too. Uh, so I was constantly doing the same sort of repetitive motion all the time, and I had it on my left, and um, I was also... That's where I have it. I was also working um, in a warehouse at the time, you know, me with my multiple different careers, and I was working for one of the leading game retailers, and uh, that was cool because I used to always get the games in before everyone else, and I got to see the collector's editions. And seriously, if you're a gamer and you want a good job, forget making the games. Forget, you know, wanting to be a, a, a game developer. Go and work in a warehouse for one of the game uh, retailers or distributors, wherever you are, and you will literally have all the fun in the world, all the best stuff just coming through and, and you'll just absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did that for a while, but at the same time, you know, that was when we were sort of packing boxes and resizing boxes and, you know, those boxes are, are quite heavy. Um, so I, I sort of threw that out and, you know, I was doing a bit of computer work at the time and uh, playing computer games heavily and boy, it was sore it took. 
a good few months for it to really come back good because you've got to have it pretty much as still as you can for as long as you can for it to start to heal. Otherwise, if you keep doing the same motions again, you'll just keep um, affecting the same area. And, uh, you know, listeners would remember that I I injured my foot probably about a month to six weeks ago. It's pretty much back to normal. I can walk again like a normal person, Kevin. I'm no longer waddling like a penguin through a a shopping center. Um, (laughs) And Kevin's shaking his head. He he, he thinks that's hilarious. I I just got an image that I didn't, (laughs) But, um, yeah, you know, it's just keep that as still as you can and then it tends to go away and of course you know me being me i didn't go and see a doctor about it it's like no i'm a man i can put up with anything i went through kidney stones and uh passed them myself after three weeks of being in pain and agony and that's how stubborn i am you know what kevin i can guarantee i'm gonna die young but i just don't i I think uh steve jobs said to his biographer or said somewhere in an interview at some stage when they asked why didn't you get the operation done nine months ago? You know, you, basically inferring that you could still be alive to this day. And, you know, his opinion was basically, I just didn't want to be invaded. I didn't want my body invaded and, and so forth. And it's like, I feel the same way. It's like, my blood's mine. I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I the, just the other, can't stand it. But the other difference too is you and I have talked about, you're not good with the sight of it coming out of you well, or anybody. Uh, no, but... As I said, I think it was on last week's show, I was there for the birth of my kids and cut the cord both times and didn't pass out at all. Yet, I know a lot of men who pass out at that. You know, it's... Uh, yet, those same guys that pass out at that, you know, they could probably chop a finger off and just walk into the emergency room and say, look, you know, here's, here's me finger and... <laughs> this isn't working anymore. Um, so, it's strange how we all deal with pain and, and pain differently. Yeah, um, no, it is. It's it's a it's a unique thing. Um, I used to have a fear of needles. I don't have that anymore. I got rid of that years ago. I mean, I've been tattooed, so you really can't have a fear of needles if you've had tattoos done. See, I'd so, love to uh, get a cool tattoo, but I'm too scared of the pain. You know, I'm just it's it's not that bad, really. The it actually the word what it felt like when I got mine, and I've had mine for years. It felt like somebody taking a flathead screwdriver. And just kind of scraping it along your skin for a while. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it I, was, I'm sure yeah. you get used to it after that initial shock. I'm sure that it would get easier, and and certainly hence why you know people have tattoos all over them in the end because it, I'm sure it does get to be that stage where you've got a pain threshold um, to that specific type of pain. But uh, yeah, just the initial, the initial, you know, kind of kind of uh, no, a bit bit too much for me, I think. Yeah, it was the the only bad part I really remember is when he had to color in a rather large area on my tattoo. Um, that was a little bit painful, but not excessively painful. The worst thing was I'd gotten the tattoo, um, and then I had gone back over to see my mom. She didn't know I had it, and uh, my some of my cousins were in visiting her her cousins, which are also mine. And it had been a couple hours. It felt like a bad sunburn as it was starting to heal. Yep. And I was in there, I was talking to my cousin, and he reached over and he said, hey, how you doing? He oh, slapped me on the arm. Oh. I went, ah! And I screamed, and my mom said, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I said, well, he hit me right here, and I showed her, she said, oh, good God, what's happened to you? So then I peeled the bandage back <laughs> to show her. And, uh, I bet she was part, horrified. 
<laughs> oh, she was. She still is to this day when she sees my tattoo. Plus, then there was the outline of the tattoo in blood on the gauze. Oh, yes. It, so. do, it doesn't look nice when they first do it. I've seen documentaries of, you know, it, it being done and so forth, and it doesn't look nice. They look great once once they're done and the skin heals and everything, but, yeah, it looks shocking to begin with. So uh, you've certainly got more courage than me, Kevin, because, uh, I, you know what, it, and, you know, everyone's got a price, as we've mentioned before, and I don't think any amount of money could convince me to go and get a tattoo. I, uh, I think I'd run for the hills. And on that note, yeah. I, I think maybe we better run for the hills and close out the show. Um, hopefully everyone's enjoyed this episode. We, we've had fun. This has been the first time that we've recorded. We, you know, we've spoken in video before, but we've never actually recorded with the video going. And uh, I'm sure some of the listeners will start asking us, hey, can you put out a video show? And it's, uh, it's like, you know what? Oh. Go and ask Tim. He pays for this show to, uh, to have the bandwidth delivered. I don't pay for this one. Not another Mac Pat podcast. I pay for the hosting on that, but this one is is Tim's baby, and uh, I don't know. I think I, I don't know if we'd lose listeners or gain listeners with uh, with video. I'd like we to think I'd like to think that we'd get some of the the women, you know, coming on and and checking out our uh, our good looking mugs. Really, you've seen me. You really think I, that's going to impress? I'm seeing myself as well. I can, you know, I've got a little picture in the Skype window. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make us sound good. You know what, Kevin? They can only hear us. See, we, we haven't right. pumped out the video podcast yet. So, you know, well, we're, as, we're two good-looking guys. <laughs> as, it's, as, as, as it's been said before, we both have faces made perfectly for radio. Absolutely. So. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, well, we, we could pretend to be George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Uh, you know, absolutely. You know, no yeah, one well, would I make mean, a difference. We're yeah, just camera like shy. Have... <laughs> hey, listeners, if you're interested, uh, uh, write something to uh, Tim. Let him know. See if and Mark and I might consider doing a video version of the show. Might mean I have to comb my hair in the morning. Or comb my hair before we record, so... Nah, why, why bother doing that? I, I keep mine short enough, and besides which, if it gets long, you can see my bald spot from every angle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I haven't got, haven't got the grey hairs quite yet, but I've, I've got the, uh, the receding hairline at the top, and, and uh, I'm just showing Kevin, of course, now as we talk, and, and he can see the, the thinning out on top, and then I've got that, that big spot where my my headset goes that is getting very bald and maybe as my wife touches it too much and rubs it a bit too much i don't know but it's a good little mark good little mark (laughs) absolutely now kevin where can the listeners find out more about you and uh, get in touch with you well if they want to find out uh, the easiest place uh, i spend a lot of time on twitter they can check me out there at twitter.com forward slash big underscore in underscore va or if they want to find links to other things that I've done, they can go over and check out my about.me page, and that's at about.me forward slash Kevin Alder with two L's. Fantastic. And uh, for anything regarding me, just go across to everydaymacsupport.com. You can find links to Twitter, contacts, uh, Not on the Mac podcast, every, every single thing I do, uh, even links to all my published articles at my Mac are there. Um, and to... Give us an email uh, with any feedback that you've got, good or bad. Simply send it to gse at mymac.com. Well, thank you to everyone who has listened this week and subscribed to the show. Until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. 
Hi, Timothy Gregoire here from the Church Tech Geeks Podcast. Well, I'm about to run a sound check here at the church for a concert, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Church Tech Geeks Podcast. It's a weekly show that talks about all things live production and church technology. We talk about topics from live sound, lights, and media to building websites for your organization. Join me each week as I walk you through some useful skills or while I talk to special guests from Adam Christensen to Nate Rake in a media shout. Now, if you excuse me, I have a concert run. The Church Tech Geeks is a member of the Stoplight Network. It can be found in iTunes or at thechurchtechgeeks.com or in the Attack of the Stoplight Network feed.